Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Uh, well, welcome to God's house. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. Thank you for being here today. It is a great day, despite all the rain. So let's jump into the Bible together really quick. Matthew 28. Turn to Matthew 28. Uh, as we close our, our series, uh, As It Is in Heaven, the Church United series, we talked the kingdom, we talked the unity of the church. Today we're talking the mission of the church, which is something we've talked about a couple times this year. Uh, and so I, I kind of want to bring a little bit of my own angle to it, specifically as we talk, how do we on a personal level fulfill this mission. So I, I want to talk globally a little bit, and then, then I want to kind of make it personal and, and help us this morning, because I think it's easy to get lost in the largeness of this call. And so I want to try to break it down and make it personal here uh, in the next 20 minutes. Let's, let's read together Matthew 28. Uh, this is the Great Commission. When the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is what we call the Great Commission. Guys, this is the mission of our church. And if I can be honest, this is the mission of every church. It really is. Even if they're like off mission, this is the real mission of every single church globally and locally. When Jesus died, buried, rose again, right? Like he, he makes a way for the Holy Spirit to give birth to the church, which is the body of Christ. That's you and I. God has no plan B. He's got no plan C. There, there's no DEF. You are God's plan. The church, the body of Christ, is the vessel that carries the gospel all around the world. So you might look around this morning and be like, oh man, you mean I'm it? Yes, absolutely. You're it. Don't look any farther. I think that could be either encouraging or discouraging this morning, but I'm going to help us out this morning. We are God's plan A for a broken world. You're the vessel that God created to carry this gospel. Look at this, Matthew 24. Jesus said, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. The mercy of God is literally holding the end until everyone can hear. So again, he started this vessel right in Jerusalem and it has gone all around the world. We're going all around the world and we're going to every generation. The gospel goes out and the gospel goes down. Amen. One of the reasons I believe God asked me to plant this church is he wanted the gospel to go down. God put it on my heart, go after an upcoming generation. God told me two things when we planted. He goes, you're going to be young and you're going to be diverse. And if you look around, so far God is good to his word. You know, when I sing build your church, I'm like, I get to watch the Holy Spirit build his church right in front of my eyes. You know, uh, I, I'm like, I'm 40 and I'm like becoming like a senior citizen here of our church. I'm like, oh my God, like, how did this happen? You know, like everybody's 20 years younger than me. and It's, it's beautiful. I love it. I, the Holy Spirit is doing something. If you look at the church globally, there's missiologists, and they, they study missions. They're studying the growth of the church all around the world. And, and what's an amazing thing is Christianity globally is actually growing very rapidly. And so what they've estimated is that at any given day, around 70,000 people are giving their lives to Jesus. Isn't that wild? Now, let's just say, of course, we won't know what the actual number is until heaven, but I think it's safe to say that thousands of people every single day 
are giving their lives to Jesus. And so on a local level, we're like, hey, this person over here and that person, and they're coming and they got saved recently. But then if you blow it up on a global level, which is where the Holy Spirit is working, we're like, wow, there is actually a lot getting done every single day to move this thing forward. Now, when we talk the Great Commission, there are things that we need to do. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second, right? But, but really, let's be honest, the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting, right? You and I can share I can live and, and I can love and I can serve. But what I can't do is convince somebody of the righteousness of Christ. What I can't do is convict them of sin. What, what I can't do is give them a revelation of who Jesus is. I, I can't do these things. I, I can love, I can preach, I can serve, but, but I can't really do the heavy lifting. And can I be honest, guys? This is exactly the way God wanted it because there's space for the Holy Spirit. Anytime the church tries to be the Holy Spirit, we get it wrong. Come on, guys. We're called to teach, not beat, right? Like, like we serve, we don't control. We love, but we don't manipulate. I told our leaders as a church, I was like, guys, here's the thing. We're going to motivate people. We're going to love people. We're going to serve people. We're going to encourage people. We'll talk about it. We'll show them the right way. We'll try to live the right way so we can be good examples. And, and let's be honest, sometimes, you know, the Bible calls us a living epistle or a living letter. Sometimes you are the only Jesus someone will read. Sometimes they're not going to crack open a Bible. They don't own the Bible app. They're not coming to church. But the way they see you interact with that coworker, they're like, hmm, that was different. What, what is that? The way you forgave somebody, the way you hugged on somebody, the, the, the way you dealt with that difficult person, they can read Jesus a little bit. Sometimes you're it, right? We said this last week. How many of you know church doesn't dismiss when service is over? Right? We are the church. We're the ones going. We're the ones doing these things. And so you might be it. It might be the only thing they read. But as, as we do that thing, the Holy Spirit is the one that really does all the heavy lifting. And that's exactly how we want it. Because when you and I, the church throughout the ages, she's always missed it when she's tried to manipulate, control, get religious, put handcuffs on it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. My wife and I, we've been married 17 years. But how many of you know if next week she's like, baby, I want out of this thing, Right? Like, I'd have to let her go. If I lock her in the closet, it went from love to weird. It's weird, right? It, it went from like okay to not okay, okay? Why? Because that's control, okay? We don't control, we serve. We don't manipulate, we motivate. We don't beat, we teach. We give space for the Holy Spirit. I'll love, I'll serve, I'll teach, I'll live and the rest is the Holy Spirit space where he's doing all the heavy lifting in that human life. But can I be honest? That's when God blesses the church because we all realize our position is humility. His position is all the heavy lifting and the power. We don't have anything to offer, right? He's got everything to offer. When I, when I meet somebody, I'm like, listen, bro, the thing is, I really don't have that much to give you, but I, I serve a man I believe can give you everything. And he gave you his life. So I want you to see him as best I can and get, kind of get out of the way. All right. So as we as we talk commission, that's that's what we're going to do. All right. So so globally, a lot is happening. How do we bring this thing in locally? What's the heart of the Church United series? OK, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again real quick. At the time of the Apostle Paul, it was one believer for every 300 people that did not believe one in 300. Today, it's about one in seven. Eight billion people on the planet, okay? Two billion are Christians. Let's just shave a billion off because we'll just say they're there by name, not real faith. And let's say we have a billion believers that actually are losing. One in seven. That means if you and I witnessed, shared our faith, and discipled seven people in our lifetime, 
If every believer around the world did this, we would have this whole thing wrapped up in one generation. So let's make it personal. Who are your seven people? Let's see it make it even more personal. Who's a couple people? Who's one person in the next four weeks you can talk to, you can love on, you can share, you can invite to church, right? Let's think personally like this is my personal quota. When I was going through college, I, I worked at a factory and I was making uh, paneling lights, kind of like these, these massive lights up there a little bit where they're, they're long, stretchy paneling lights. Every night I had a quota I had to make. Every week I, I had a quota, right? Uh, imagine you're working in this massive factory where we're changing lives. What if you and I just kind of picked up a personal quota? God's not demanding this. It's not like you, you get an extra seat in heaven for this. But, but, but here's what I do know. I know that all of us working gets a lot more done than just one of us working. And so what if we all said, like, yo, what if I could pick up a few people right now, love them, serve them, reach to them, invite them to church, and then just begin to disciple them and show them the basics? I think as a pastor, it's good for all of us as believers to have somebody in mind all the time. Is there somebody in mind all the time that we can kind of begin to go after with some intentionality to share Jesus? Now, as we talk this, what happens is Christians usually get afraid. Oh, God, I don't want to talk to anybody about my faith. What if they judge me? What if I get misunderstood? We're very afraid of the awkward kind of feeling, aren't we? Okay, and, and, and I get it. I, I get it. I know where the, the landscape is at. I, I see it. Um, and over the years, I have learned, I've gotten a lot better at this. Um, when, I, when I first started, I was passionate, but I was, I was kind of dumb. I was kind of stupid. I was passionate, but I had no emotional intelligence. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit today as we talk about sharing our faith, okay? So, so when, I, when I first got saved, I was so excited, but I didn't know what to do. And so in college, I remember, again, I had no church, nothing. I was like knocking on doors. Like, I'm in the community knocking on doors like, yo, my name's Matt. Have you ever heard about Jesus? Like, I, I was passionate. I was very smart. In fact, this one time I knocked on this guy's door. We got in a 10-minute, like, yelling argument about God. Like, I'm yelling at him, and he's yelling back. He did not get saved that day. Okay, guys, come on. In fact, I went away praying, like, God, please send him a good person. Like, I, I, clearly I'm not so good at this yet, you know? And, and so I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot over the years. At this stage in my life, following Jesus for over 20 years, and I'm not saying this to brag today, okay, because uh, I told you where I started from, but, but I want to say this because I'm not, I'm not a pastor It's like, yo, you guys do this, and I'll just chill. That's not what I'm saying today, okay? So I'm really saying, like, hey, like, come follow me, and let's all get better at this thing together. At this point in my life, and here's what I'm going to say, at this point in life, I've lost count of how many people I've been able to lead to faith in Jesus. I've completely lost count. Now, I know I'm in full-time ministry, and that gives me opportunities that is different than sometimes the average person. We've been overseas. We've held massive festivals where sometimes chunks and chunks of people would come to faith at the same time. I've had a chance to preach almost every single weekend of my life for 20 years where, where sometimes a few hands, sometimes a dozen hands, you know, sometimes no hands, but, it, but you, that adds up. We used to run Bible clubs all throughout South Florida where we're getting hundreds of kids to come and, man, dozens and dozens lifting their hand over the years and that, that stacks up. In fact, the young man, Marvin, who's running sound today, he was one of those kids that got saved in high school at a Bible club. Isn't that exciting? Here he is 10 years later, still in God's house, still serving, still love it. It's a beautiful story of discipleship, you know? And, and so does it work? Yeah, it, it does work, right? Uh, and lately, honestly, one of the things I've found a lot of traction with lately is just one-on-one -on -one conversations. Let's go out for coffee, let's go out for lunch, and let's talk, right? And so, but what, what I'm saying is I, I've learned along the way, but here's what I know. If I'm working, that's awesome, but if we're all working, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. That's why, that's why I say that. So as, as we talk this, give me a few minutes. Let's make it personal. 
let's say we're going after seven people in our lifetime. So let's just say we're going after one person this year. Let's just say in the next few months, the next month, let's, let's, let me think about one person I can bring to church or, or begin to talk faith with, okay? H- how do we do this, Pastor? Like, I'm already scared. Like, I want to do it. I'm excited, but I, I'm afraid. I feel awkward. How do I do this? Number one, let's pray. If you're taking notes, write this down. Let's pray. Pray, God, help me. In fact, the Bible says pray that laborers go into the harvest field, okay? So he actually says the harvest is white, which is kind of exciting. That means there's dozens and dozens of people right here in Fort Lauderdale that would probably say yes to Jesus. They just haven't even heard an opportunity. In fact, there's a stat, and it said over 80% of people would come to church if they were simply invited. Isn't that wild? And I got to think about that, too. I was like, you know, there's a lot of places I would go if I was invited. Like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a lot of places I was invited. I'm like, yeah, if I was going with you, I'd go, sure. I wouldn't maybe go by myself, right? But I'd at least go and check it out. And I was thinking about the power of just an invite. So a lot of people, they're afraid of being pushed, but they're not afraid of being invited right? So, so let's pray for ourselves that, that we would go, let's pray that God sends labors. And number two, let's pray for them. God, pour out your Holy Spirit. Speak to them. Show them your love. You know, the Bible says that God's looking for intercessors. These are the people that are standing in the gap and praying for people, right? I don't understand all the mysteries of this whole thing, but I do know that God honors our prayers. And, and the Bible says that he's looking for an intercessor. So if he's looking for an intercessor, that means we need it. He's looking for people to stand in the gap and pray. So, so number one, let's start with, with prayer. Number two, and here's what I was missing when I first started, awareness of relationship. Guys, this is a big one for all of us Christians. Let's have some emotional intelligence. Can I get an amen? Okay, like, let me just hang on this for a second. Like, let's have some emotional intelligence because we're so well-meaning, which is awesome, and we've got the greatest message ever. But because we're awkward about it, like, we made it really weird. Some of you are a lot better at dating than others, okay? Like, I was not the best at dating at the beginning, right? I barely got my wife to marry me, okay? It was like a big W in my life. I told her, I was like, baby, if you leave me, I'm going with you because I wouldn't even know what to do now. Like, like it, the dating game has changed, okay? I would be terribly awkward, okay? So, but let's have some emotional intelligence on how we approach people, this is what gets rid of the awkwardness with sharing our faith, the awareness of relationship. If you're like, well, I'm terrified, and I, I, I don't know how to do this, and I feel really bad. Hey, guess what? Awareness of relationship, emotional intelligence. This, this will solve everything, okay? But here, here's the thing. People do not have a problem having a spiritual conversation. People don't like to be pushed. People have no problem having a faith conversation. In fact, you'd be amazed at how many times I'm like, hey, can we just go out for coffee and just talk faith? Let's just talk God. Everybody's got an opinion about God right? And so I just want to come in and just say, hey, here's what the Bible kind of says, right? So everybody's very open. They just don't want to be pushed, right? So it, it, what's funny about us Christians, too, is for so many years, we're knocking on doors and doing flyers, and this, those are cool things. I did it, too, right? I did it all. But it's a little hard to, to share with somebody you don't know about the greatest relationship in your life when you have no relationship with them at all. So wouldn't it be better maybe to get their name, hear their story, like, see what kind of pain they've gone through. Maybe, maybe walk a little bit with them and then say, hey, like, we've built this little thing called trust. Come on, somebody. Like, trust is a little scarce right now. We built this little thing called trust, and that has given me the place that I've earned the right to share something important. Because when somebody just comes up to you at the coffee shop and they're like, yo, let's be friends, you're like, stranger danger, right? <laughs> like, that's weird. That's really weird. But over time... 
you share a couple of cups of coffee, you start laughing, you start seeing there's some things in common, there's, there's a platform to share. So let's, let's just because we're Christians, just because we have a very spiritual message, doesn't mean we need to violate all the natural things along the way. You know, if you want space in someone's life, care for them, serve them, just encourage them, compliment them, those little things that make a, a platform in. So awareness of relationship, okay? And then we just kind of want to stay in their life. Now, guys, a couple of things as I close. When we share, we don't have to go through Genesis through Revelation, but, you know, share who Jesus is, share what he's done, share why he did it, share what to do with that. How, how do I respond? That's pretty much the gospel. Who is Jesus? What has he done? Who did he do it for? Why did he do this? What do I do now? You, you walk them through the gospel. That goes a long way. Uh, and then share your story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind down with this. Share your story. Don't be afraid to share your story. I think one of the greatest things we have in life is how God has changed our lives. We, we so often think, oh, I don't have this big crazy thing. I, you know, but, but listen, you have something that will relate to somebody else. Okay, when I, when I got saved, I was really struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts. You know what, over the years, when I start talking, I instantly relate to every single teenager that's ever been depressed and struggled with suicidal thoughts. It is like an instant connection. It's not something I struggle with anymore. Thank God for God's process and his delivering and loving power, but it's, something, it's where I started from. Hey, guess what, you have a pain in your life that relates to somebody else. You have a struggle that relates to somebody else. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you will never look at your pains and your weaknesses the same because God will use them for his glory and relate to somebody else. I love this quote by John Maxwell. He said, we lead people through our strengths, but we relate to them through our weaknesses. What if God gave you a weakness so you could relate to somebody else? It's a beautiful thought. God, you can't, you can't just use my strengths. You don't just use my strengths, but use my weaknesses to reach other people. And I, I begin to relate, and I begin to build this thing on, on caring community. So, so I want to I share my story. And then ultimately, guys, we just want to keep going. We just want to keep going. I would love to encourage you in the next few weeks. Get a couple people in mind, people that you can bring to church. You know, if, hey, if you feel like the relationship is there, you can invite them to Christ. Go for it. If you feel like it's not there, don't give up. Just invite them to church. Church is an awesome place. Hey, guess what, man? You can belong before you behave. Okay, that's our house. Okay, you can, you can be before you believe. Okay, and that's okay. It's how a lot of people start. They got to hang around it for a little bit, all right? Um, and so invite them to church. Christmas season is an amazing season for us to go crazy. Jam this thing out. Let's, let's do it. Uh, but, but if not, if you feel like you can't invite them to Jesus or you can't invite them to church, invest in the friendship. Guess, guess, what? guess what? Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs a little help. Everybody could use an extra Starbucks gift card, right? Everybody could use a free tank of gas. Hey, come on, somebody. Like, like everybody needs help because everybody is struggling through something. You know, the Bible says this little parable. It says that the sower sows the word, and then it falls on four different kinds of ground. Some grounds are really open for it. Some grounds really hard. I can't do a thing about the ground. I don't control the ground. I control, do I sow this seed or not? Do I give the gospel? Do I share Jesus or not? The ground is God's job. I can't do nothing about the ground. How does hard ground get soft? Usually pain. Pain. Because here, here's what I know. I don't care how good looking you are, how much money you have, how bad you are, how strong you are. Everybody goes through pain. Pain will visit. I mean, life will throat punch everybody at least once. Everybody has got pain in their life. Often, pain is the thing that opens up the human heart to the gospel. Why? Because when you got it all together, you got no space for anybody else's opinion. But when you're in pain, woo, you're willing to listen at that point. And often, God will open that door. So what am I saying, church? Go find people in pain. 
You know, there's a lot of people in pain. Go find some people who are struggling and go love on them. Go find some people in pain and just go be Jesus to them. Go hug them. Go give them a handshake. Go encourage them. Look for pain. Minister to it. You'll be amazed at what God does. Amen. Did y'all get something out of today's teaching? I hope I encourage us. This is the mission of the church. It is so much greater than any one of us, yet we are all called to be a part of this. That is a beautiful thought. You've been invited to God's greatest mission in life. This is the mission, loving and reaching people. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful that God's gospel has changed my life. Can I just get an amen this morning? Like you're grateful that the gospel of God has reached you and transformed your life. Amen. All right. Let me pray and we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, thank you for this teaching today. God, I pray that it encouraged us to go get one or two or maybe three people in the next month that we can bring them to church or we might be able to bring them to Jesus. And God, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, literally dozens and dozens right here in downtown are probably ready for the gospel right now. So Father, may we be sensitive and encouraged and motivated to go reach them. God, we're not, we're not here to manipulate, but we do want to live in front of them. We want to share and we want to love them. And so, God, we thank you for your great grace on our church and on this area. And, Father, in this Christmas season, Father, may more come to faith in your amazing name. Amen and amen. One more time, give it up for Jesus as we close today. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.